Well, hello and welcome to H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series from H2 Tech, the new hydrogen technology journal from Gulf Energy Information. I'm Adrienne Bloom, Editor-in-Chief of H2 Tech and your host for H2 Tech Talk. And this week, we'll be talking with Frank Wooters, Vice President of Clean Hydrogen at Worley and Director of the EU GCC Clean Energy Network about creating hydrogen markets in Europe and the Middle East regions. So before we get started with the discussion, I'd like to remind you to share and subscribe to the H2 Tech Talk podcast for more expert discussions on technology and trends in the hydrogen sector. It's easy to subscribe. Just click the subscribe button on iTunes or Blueberry. So now I'll start by asking Frank to tell us a bit about his roles at both Worley and the EU GCC Clean Energy Network. Frank? Yeah, hi, thanks, Adrienne. It's great to be here. Um, so yes, it, th those are two roles and, and one is more political in nature and the other one is business. So let me start with the political. So the EU GCC Clean Energy Technology Network was founded 10 years ago uh, as a result of um, a ministerial dialogue, if you will, between uh, the European Union uh, and the Gulf, uh, so the states of, of the Arabian Gulf. Um, and, you know, after, you know, several decades of, uh, of annual meetings also between energy experts, they decided to, you know, to, to um, start a network that would have a more permanent uh, character and, you know, have a more open channel of continuous uh, uh, discussion, uh, if you will. And uh, in, in 2010, that led to the birth of the network, which uh, has been running since, since then. So we're actually in the 11th year of operation. Uh, and, you know, basically what we do is we foster clean energy partnerships between Europe and the Gulf. Uh, there is um, uh, five topics that we that we focus on. We focus on on renewable energy. We focus on um, uh, demand side uh, management, energy efficiency. We focus on the integration of electricity grids, clean fossil fuels, which now also includes uh, hydrogen, uh, and we focus um, on uh, carbon capture st and, and storage utilization. And then there is a sixth element, which is climate change, and that is actually of growing importance. Uh, specifically this year with uh, the conference of the parties later this year in, uh, in, in Glasgow. Um, it's a bottom-up approach and what we do is we, we, we listen, we listen to local stakeholders, see what's relevant for them uh, in a specific year, in a specific setting, in a specific sector, uh, and then we, uh, you know, we provide, you know, thought leadership, we, we organize training, we, we organize conferences, study tours, and, and, and everything that can help you know, foster partnerships in the field of clean energy between Europe and the Gulf. And it's, uh, it's been, I think, uh, tremendously successful. Uh, we have a small team uh, operating out of um, uh, Abu Dhabi in, in the United Arab Emirates, but we're also supported by uh, a team of, of organizations in, uh, in Europe. Uh, and, you know, in terms of hydrogen, I mean, this is, this has, you know, been, been the hottest topic, uh, in, especially in the last two years. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's now, you know, on, on everybody's agenda. Uh, the recent announcement in, in Abu Dhabi at the end of last year that, uh, you know, all the stakeholders are now uh, gearing up towards uh, both blue uh, as well as green hydrogen. 
uh, is exciting. And, and of course, we've seen the, uh, you know, the activities in, uh, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, but also Oman is, um, you know, is doing exciting things in the ports and, uh, and, and, and Qatar is uh, slowly waking up to uh, the, the, the possibilities of, of what hydrogen can do for them going forward. So uh, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's an interesting uh, aspect of, of the network. Uh, in terms of, you know, more business, that is uh, Worley. Worley is the largest engineering company in the world in the field of energy, in the field of chemicals. Uh, we're number two in mining. Uh, and there, is, there, there are very few customers of ours that, um, you know, for, for which hydrogen, uh, you know, will never be, uh, a, a, you know, a topic. And, and, and that's exciting because it, it does provide a bridge to the future. It does provide an answer to many of the questions that people have. Uh, about the energy transition, you know, how, how you know, what, what does decarbonization mean for the business, et cetera. Uh, and hydrogen is just one of those things that touches on, on many of those aspects. And it's, um, you know, Worley is helping uh, clients all over the world in, in finding and formulating answers to those questions. Well, very interesting. All right. Let's say it sounds like the EU GCC Clean Energy Network is an extremely expansive partnership and a lot of important work is being done there. And thank you for the background on, on what you do at Worley. That's, that's incredibly interesting. So um, kind of looking at, uh, let's look first at, at, at your work with the, with the EU GCC Clean Energy Network. So with the European Green Deal aiming for carbon neutrality by 2050, uh, and incentivizing these massive investments in clean energy over the next decade. That obviously provides momentum for the creation of a hydrogen market um, between Europe and the Middle East regions. So, so what, what specific steps are being taken now to jointly establish this, this market and who are some of the major players in this effort? Yeah, that's indeed um, an, an interesting aspect of, uh, of the European hydrogen agenda. And uh, two years ago, uh, we wrote the, um, uh, the North Africa Europe uh, Hydrogen Manifesto, which uh, basically um, described a vision uh, for a decarbonized energy future in, in the European Union. Uh, and, and, and it basically was a 50-50-50 uh, approach, uh, whereby we believe that you can actually cover 50% of final energy in Europe with green electricity, uh, the other 50% uh, could, to a large extent, be uh, green hydrogen. Um, and, and of that uh, hydrogen, because of space limitations uh, and, 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 you know, aspect of cost, uh, half of that, 50% of that would be, would be imported. So there's an important import element in Europe's strategy going forward. More than 50% of Europe's uh, primary energy is currently being imported. That's, you know, natural gas from, from Russia and Algeria, of course, uh, uh, you know, petroleum products from the Middle East and, and elsewhere. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that's not going to change, even though, you know, renewables are everywhere, you, you can produce them everywhere. In the end, they do take up space and, and, and the potential for low, lower cost uh, production in the end, um, you know, reaches, reaches limits whereby it's just more cost effective to import them. Uh, and, and that's now becoming also part of, of Europe's policy. So last year's um, uh, hydrogen strategy does recognize uh, the fact that you need to, uh, you know, look at imports and, and several member states in the European Union uh, are actively engaging, um, you know, with countries uh, el elsewhere, uh, you know, Germany has been, you know, going around Africa and the Middle East uh, to talk about hydrogen, Australia is included in that conversation. 
so that's super exciting. The German budget for hydrogen in the next couple of years is 9 billion euro and 2 billion of those um, uh, euros are, are meant for investments uh, abroad. And you know, that could be in, in Morocco and in Senegal in, uh, in, the, in the Middle East perhaps. Uh, so, so that's one element. There's, there's concrete investments uh, being earmarked uh, abroad to establish a, a link of, of supply and demand, uh, taking hydrogen products uh, across across uh, the world. Mm -hmm. The second uh, element uh, is, for example, a system of guarantees of origin, um, because when you're buying commodities, you want to know what you're buying, especially hydrogen. I mean, you can't see the color. Uh, we call it green, purple, uh, blue, right. etc. Mm -hmm. uh, but but what, what you're really interested in, um, you know, is is the carbon content, uh, and and that uh, is something that um, Europe is, um, um, you know, putting putting a lot of emphasis on. So a, a system of guarantees of origin, um, you know, that that actually describes what kind of um, uh, product it is, is is important, not just within Europe, but but uh, specifically abroad, uh, so that you know what kind of products you're buying when you're importing hydrogen or green ammonia, something that you can make from green hydrogen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that actually led into my next question. So in terms of setting up this hydrogen market and looking at setting up a regulatory framework, um, how 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 would these trading operations be defined and regulated and how would the origin of hydrogen supplies be certified? I, I know that um, the, the, joint, uh, the joint undertaking, the, the fuel cells and hydrogen joint undertaking has the CertiFi program um, in place and are, would, would that be the basis or would there be other programs used? Um, you know, what are the other major, major concerns in, in setting up a regulatory framework and what's the timeline for that? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, the um, the certify project, um, you know, they've been doing that since 2014. So it's it's not new, but right. uh, and and they've they've already defined two classes of uh, of hydrogen, if you will. Uh, but probably, if you if you're looking, uh, you know, a bit deeper into the the, the issue, uh, then some of the newer regulation that Europe is thinking about, for example, the the renewable energy directive. Uh, which um, you know dictates that anybody that sells fuels into the European Union must have uh, by 2030 uh, up to 40, 14 of or minimum of 14 renewable fuels, and you can include green hydrogen in that. Mm -hmm. The granularity in terms of um, you know both spatial uh, as well as temporal uh, definition of the origin of the molecule is much higher than what, for example, at the moment, the Certify project um, uh, you know, delivers. So additional work is, is, ne is necessary uh, so that you can really define you know, where wa was it produced, uh, you know, at what time, uh, et cetera. Um, uh, plus, obviously, all, all, all the, uh, the thinking around the, the life cycle carbon content of, uh, of, the, of the product, because, you know, green is, is, is to some extent relatively straightforward. If the electricity is green, uh, you have an electrolyzer, then, you know, that, that usually classifies as, as carbon free. But right. when it's blue, when you capture carbon, uh, you know, the, 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 carb, the, the capture rate is different. Uh, you know, what you do with the carbon after that is different. You know, some of it, you know, ends up in the atmosphere after, you know, if you use it for a non-oil recovery. And, and all of that is, is a complexity that hasn't, hasn't really been, uh, been tackled yet. So that's, that's a, a tremendous amount of work. So when you have that definition done, 
then the next step is obviously the whole um, you know the whole thinking around certification like who is going to do uh, you know the measurements and the control and where is that going to be deposited and 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 then that needs to be internationally accredited and and all of that what uh, you know what, what's usually associated with uh, international certification um, uh, we're at the we're at the beginning but it's absolutely necessary very interesting yeah and and certainly um when when you were speaking about uh, the you know the kind of the different type of the origin of hydrogen and and speaking about you know emissions free versus um, you know the carbon capture with the blue hydrogen you know the carbon price is going to play a big role in you know the success of those types of projects and so I know everybody's watching to see um, you know about you know the pr uh, costs for carbon capture going down and that's certainly going to be playing a big uh, a big role in um, you know blue hydrogen. Uh, being used worldwide as well. So, um, I kind of kind of switching gears a little bit because I, I know you're you're um, you're based in in the Emirates at the moment. So, looking at the middle heat, the Middle East um, hydrogen uh, space. So, costs for solar and wind power in the Middle East are among the lowest in the world. Um, so, what steps need to be taken to harness the region's abundant renewable energy potential for the large scale use and export of green molecules? And um, also to this end, what are the most suitable and economic and likeliest transport options for, for green molecule exports? Yeah, those are, those are ex excellent questions. And you know, what we're seeing, uh, because uh, you know, at, at Warley, we're, for, for example, uh, in, involved in, in the NEON project, which is mm -hmm. uh, you know, a city or a, but perhaps you can call it a state in the Northwestern corner of the, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. It's, um, you know, it's the size of Belgium, it's huge. It's 26 and a half thousand square kilometers. A million people will, will live there in the end. And, and the idea of, of NEOM is, is to make it entirely carbon free and pollution free. Uh, so that means that your energy system has to rely uh, largely on solar and wind. The resource there is actually excellent, um, but solar and wind alone, uh, you know, does it doesn't make a functioning system. So you have to introduce other things, and they've selected hydrogen as one of the major vectors to make the system work. So uh, super exciting, um, and and you know they have the lucky uh, circumstance that obviously sunshine abundant. It's it's the Middle East, uh, but they also have thermal winds that pick up in the afternoon uh, over the Red Sea. So the sun goes down and the wind picks up and, and together you have a beautiful combination that provides for a very high load factor. Uh, so to then use that electricity, you can actually run your electrolyzers for 72% of the year. And, and that's, that's pretty unique. You don't have that combination of, of high uh, resource with, with high load factor in many places. So uh, mm -hmm. they, they can make hydrogen uh, very, very competitively. Uh, the, the next thing is they immediately go for big scale. So they're working on a project together with, with Air Products and, and Aqua Power. So Neom, Aqua Power and Air Products have set up a joint venture mm -hmm. that is actually developing uh, a large um, you know, ammonia uh, facility. So they take the hydrogen, uh, then they take nitrogen from air and combine it into uh, NH3, which is ammonia, uh, and, and all of that is made from, from you know, water, air and renewable electricity. So it's green. Um, and, and, and they do it at the scale that's, uh, that, that's really, it, it, you know, the overall investment is more than $5 billion. Uh, but you need that scale to get to a cost point where you can compete with, um, you know, conventional hydrogen in the market. Uh, and, and it's super exciting. So, um, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, they're working towards financial close this year. 
um, it's going to happen, uh, then construction will start and uh, we'll have the first real large scale project uh, of, of, of its kind in, um, you know, in the world in, um, you know, right, right here in, in the Middle East. Um, but, but, other, but other countries in, in the region are equally, um, you know, they're catching up. Uh, Abu Dhabi has announced uh, major ambitions in the field of hydrogen, both blue and green. Uh, Morocco has been working on uh, for a longer time on, on um, you know, also similar green ammonia projects, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, th there's a lot of momentum at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I read um, so that the green ammonia project, project that's being led by Air Products at the Neom city in, in Saudi Arabia, that um, they intend to globally export that green ammonia as well. Um, so that, that should be an exciting opportunity. Yeah, and the reason, um, uh, Adrian, why why they're doing that is um, uh, you, you still need a price for carbon uh, to, to make it work and to compete with with fossil uh, ammonia. Um, and un unfortunately, in the region at the moment, there's still not yet a price for carbon. So you're competing with something that's cheaper. But if you go to Europe uh, or if you go to another place where they have a price for carbon, you can actually compete in the market with with the product. So that's why they're, they're focusing on export for, for mm -hmm. the moment. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. So um, for a final question, uh, I'm going to ask you, so as the low carbon hydrogen lead at Worley, can you talk a little bit about the company's current hydrogen initiatives and projects? Yeah, so uh, I mean, uh, I, I mentioned the NEON project, uh, super mm -hmm. exciting uh, to be part of that. Uh, we have uh, a joint venture with uh, OCP in Morocco, which uh, owns and operates the largest, uh, one of the largest phosphate mines in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and and at the moment, OCP buys ammonia on the world market because the, the country Morocco doesn't have uh, fossil fuels, which is the, the main way to make ammonia right now. But obviously, you know, copying what uh, what Neom is doing, you can also make ammonia from sunshine, uh, wind, uh, and water, which you which you have in, in Morocco, also excellent resource. So that's something that we're working on. We have a joint venture with OCP uh, called Jeza, several thousand people that provide engineering services. So so those are some of the things that that we're doing. We're looking into that. Um, but but the, the, to be honest, the, the major the major number of projects is in Europe right now. Uh, you know, driven by, um, you know, legislation, uh, but also industrial activity. Uh, Europe buys natural gas uh, more and more. Uh, so most of the natural gas that Europe buys is, is bought from, from elsewhere. Uh, so if you can replace that with hydrogen that you make yourself or you buy it from people that you choose, uh, that, that's a strategy that, um, you know, is pre pretty logical. Uh, and one of the drivers behind the, um, you know, the European hydrogen strategy. So there's a lot of activity in the Netherlands, in, in Germany, in the UK, uh, now Spain and, and Portugal are, are picking up and, uh, you know, we're doing many, many projects in the, in, in the ports, uh, you know, in refineries, in, in the chemical industry, yeah. um, uh, you know, making, you know, jet fuel, uh, you know, injecting, uh, hydrogen and the national ga gas grid, uh, replacing fossil hydrogen wherever you can. So there's a lot, a lot of things happening in Europe. Absolutely, lots of news coming coming out of Europe. And <clears throat> excuse me, we're very happy to hear it. So I want to thank you, Frank, for sharing your insights with the H2 Tech audience. Appreciate your time today. And um, if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to share and subscribe to the H2 Talk pet, uh, podcast on iTunes or Blueberry. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week.